0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, in high fidelity.
1: In much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay
0: and Trey. All right, you are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. You're going to have to put up with me here on my headset, getting some really nasty reverberation Of myself through the headphone we're here to recap the 2018 draft waiting for Dre to figure out what's going on here with our connection again and we'll make do as best as we can interesting here in myself as clear as I do I think Dre is on the line hey you there
1: I'm on the speakerphone. Can you hear me now? All
0: right. I I sure can. And I'm hearing myself twice.
1: Yeah, that's going to happen when you're hosting and you're also calling in on the uh, other line there. Are you still there?
0: Yeah, I was trying to get back on the host line connection, hoping you'd be able to hear me.
1: No, no luck.
0: Well, we'll have to make the, all the all the audio problems are on my end right now, as far as what I'm hearing in my headset. So we should be fine.
1: Well, I hope so. Um, it's it's ridiculous what's going on with the connections. Every show, it was a problem.
0: Well, we thought we had it unlocked. We thought we had the problem solved, and I would host the show, and then you would just call in, and that didn't work.
1: No, that didn't work. So, I'm, I'm on the speakerphone. I'm sure it sounds like crap. Um, I, I, I'll i sit here and try to untangle the core to, uh, to my little microphone and and plug that in that sounds a little better but that takes a minute so that's why i just wanted to make sure i got in at the beginning period that's why i'm on the speakerphone right now
0: well we're here to talk about the draft and at least this year i'm not asleep well
1: that's a good thing
0: yo i was driving home i was doing a little preparation from work today driving home listened to last year's draft show and did not realize that that was the show where I was asleep. So you started the show and went about 15 minutes into the show before I finally got on because you actually texted me to tell me the show had started.
1: Yeah, I I, I do remember that now. The, the draft aftermath that had one host at the beginning of it.
0: So this year we're both yeah. here.
1: We're both here.
0: You've got it's you the, sound the like goodness. you're underwater and I'm hearing myself reverberating through my headphones. Yeah. But um, we will make do.
1: Yeah, and you can't hang up the host line because that'll disconnect the show as we now we, we know that from experience. Uh, however you can host the show on the host line because then I can't hear you for whatever reason.
0: Right, so you can hear me on this connection, but you can't hear me on the actual direct connection for the host, which makes no sense, which is the problem I normally have with you. Exactly. And if I sound like I'm talking a little strange tonight, it's because I'm trying to let myself clear out of my head before I start my next sentence.
1: Yeah, I I get that. I, I. I've had that issue uh, hosting when it's two pe- two voices in my head at the same time. Uh, yeah, I, I I totally empathize with you. So,
0: other than Just, the normal uh, other voices,
1: well, the, we we won't talk about those. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> NFL draft aftermath and and as trying of a situation as we can have with our connections, we'll we'll try to get through it. Um, it was, it was a wild uh, evening, or, or two or three evenings down in Dallas. It was pretty uh, exciting to watch on television. Uh, anything really stand out to you about it?
0: And I hate to sound like I'm being repetitive, but it kind of felt like to me it did last year. I mean, how much can the draft really change? The broadcast presentation especially on the espn side is just terrible i mean we talked about it you know this is like the punishment for losing it's not unwatchable but it's just so canned so by the book dull drab every word you can come up with it just doesn't really leave you with any impression it's the same cast of characters pretty much that they had last year you got Mel Kiper knows everything. Todd McShay's kind of his protege. Um, Trey Wingo just bored the hell out of me. And then uh, Davis, it Charles Davis, Thomas Davis. It's one of those guys,
1: Davis. Some black guy named Davis.
0: Black guy named Davis. Yeah, and not just not very exciting. They were all thrown for a loop pretty much as soon as the draft started. Pretty much from the first pick when Cleveland took Baker Mayfield and nobody had them really doing that or nobody on that group was really that ecstatic about him. It just threw the whole thing sort of into flux.
1: No, it was the same on the NFL Network. They also were very surprised by the Baker Mayfield pick, and and I don't know if it threw the whole broadcast off, but it, it certainly got everyone sort of jump-started. Like, if they were playing their roles and sort of doing it by the numbers all the way up to that first pick, and then Baker Mayfield's name gets called, it's like, uh-oh, okay, we, let's throw all our little scripts out the window and let's start sort of freewheeling a little bit, because this isn't going exactly uh, the way that we thought it would. So that was, that was good. It, it loosened them up a little bit.
0: Well, it came completely out of right field. None of the draft analysis that I was watching, which wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a ton, but everything that got talked about with the draft, those last few weeks before the draft, this wasn't the guy. It was going to be someone else. And it didn't happen that way. So as soon as Baker Mayfield gets called, all bets are off sort of fell into line after that a little bit i mean the giants took saquon barkley which had been their projected guy for a very long time and then at three you have the jets just like oh okay we'll take the top rated quarterback in the draft thank you at three sure at three so why not Even looking the last year, you were very particular about looking at these NFL draft grades on NFL.com, where they had them rated and it was on this 10-point scale. Darnold was the highest rated of the quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Now, he was way down the list, and he wasn't top two or three, but he was the highest rated of the quarterbacks, where Baker Mayfield was actually third by those rankings for what those matter. Because that's one perspective. But it was interesting.
1: Here's another perspective that's uh, even worse for, for Mr. Mayfield. Uh, our guy Mike Mayock, who was on fire again. Uh, he cranky? was all in on Sam. Oh, boy. Uh, well, you know what? He wasn't as quick. I, I'll, I'll admit I did not watch the third day. It was the third day last year where he where when they started oh, yeah. making these really stupid draft picks with the you know from space and with the monkey and all that stuff and that sort of sent him over the top uh and i had i did not watch the third day i I had to work this week this year so i don't know if he was uh extra cranky about that but as far as the first pick goes he was all in on sam darnold to cleveland number one and it was uh his top 10 players uh they listed his, they showed his personal list of top 10 players which of course doesn't necessarily look like the list of players uh where you where you're going to project them to get drafted because that list is based on need and organizational, you know, predilections and not necessarily who's the best player available. Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield was not in May- Mike Mayock's top 10 players. So he really was, you know, Darnold was there. He might have been like six, but at least he was in the top ten. Um, and there was another quarterback. One of the Joshes was in the top ten as well. Baker Mayfield was not in Mayock's top ten. So that to say that him going number one was a shock—that's that, an understatement. It was some definite shock going on there. So yeah, they, that whole set was sort of like, whoa, let's uh, let's let's reconnoiter here. Let's figure out what's going on because it was uh, it was yeah. not expected. Uh, yeah, when the I'm comparisons
0: gonna, I believe they were making on ESPN were to Johnny Menzel. Mm.
1: That's not the comparison you want. I, I heard that. No, not two. the comp. No. No. <laughs> uh, I'm going to mute myself and try once again to get on the microphone one more time to see if that works. So Okay. Uh, I'm going to mute. I'm going to mute, and then I'm immediately going to say, um, Water is wet. And tell me if you hear me say that sentence. <laughs>
0: Live radio. I take it you didn't hear that. No, I didn't hear nothing.
1: <sighs> How disappointing.
0: But water is wet.
1: Uh, depending on who you ask, I mean, you know. Oh. The, the times we live in these days, you can say water is dry, and one side will say, absolutely, I, I believe that. And the other side will say that's fake news. So it just depends on what you want to believe.
0: Anyway. Only if you pay uh, attention to it. I've stopped <laughs> paying attention.
1: <laughs> that's probably a good thing. It, it, uh, I, I love Miracle. I, I loved Mayock saying that Cleveland drawing out the pick, uh, because, of course, uh, you hear Cleveland's on the clock from the commissioner. And you don't have the, the pick actually get made until all 10 minutes are up for, for that pick. I loved Mayock saying that uh, that pick was being drawn out was probably because of television. Uh, but at the same time, I, I don't think that that's why – I don't think you're going to see Mayock doing these things anymore, these draft shows. I think he's sort of fed up with the whole thing. And I think the, the powers that be are probably ready for him to move on and not do those things those shows he's a little too honest he's just a little he's right on the edge of being yeah television guy which you you have to be you know dishonest sometimes if you're going to be a good television guy but he he throws a little truth in there so every now and then he he drops a, a truth bomb on you and i don't think they like that very much uh but i also at the same time think that there really probably was some last minute closing arguments and back and forth being done about Picking Baker Mayfield number one. I bet Cleveland was dragging it out because they were actually, uh, are you sure? Are you, I can see Hugh Jackson. I, do, you, do you really want to do this? Are you sure you really want They got a new GM there. They got new uh, front office going on. Uh, I, I bet there was some uh, discombobulation about that pick. I don't know if it was really all about television. because I know if I was in that, that uh, war room, I would be banging my shoe on the desk. No, we are not drafting this ass clown number one overall. He's going to flame out. Are you kidding me? Don't do this.
0: If the time was getting dragged out, I'm thinking it was because they were trying to trade that pick. I don't want that pick if I'm a number one, and you're not going to take the obvious selection. Every draft ranking I looked at said Saquon Barkley was the best player. They had another pick at four. I don't understand why they didn't take the best guy at one and just see what was there at four. And if you didn't like what was uh, there at I, four, trade back.
1: They, they, they needed a quarterback. Uh, oh, but sure. that, that's, that speaks to though uh, the fact that I don't, I don't know how you feel. I don't think any of these quarterbacks are going to be any good. I, I, I got a feeling that they're all going to bust out because I don't remember hearing all that much about any of these guys you know right after the college football season was over usually when one of these guys is going to be the next Andrew Luck or the next Peyton Manning or something like that it's like consensus across the board there's no way that he's not going number one I didn't hear that about any of these guys Darno might have peaked his head uh, above Josh Rosen and and Baker Mayfield by the time the draft rolled around, but none of these guys were being talked that talked about as a can't miss quarterback prospect. By the time the uh, the, the the football season ended, I, I think it's just the the race to find the next good decent quarterback in a league full of mediocre quarterbacks. And I don't know if the if any of these guys really deserve to be drafted as high as they were. So, yeah, Cleveland probably should have taken Saquon Barkley or whoever they really did think was the best player, but they felt the pressure. They don't have a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback. They they put that kid in there, that rookie last year, and he didn't. Uh, he, he lost every single game, and they don't want to go down that road again. It may not have been fair to, to blame him like that, uh, Deshaun Kaiser, but the fact is he lost every game, and they can't throw him out there again. He, he's, he's He's sort of busted up. He's used, you know, they used him up, and they can't. They can't possibly put him out there again and, and ask their fan base to believe in him.
0: And he's so gone. They
1: had to get a quarterback.
0: Deshaun Kaiser's gone.
1: so did they get rid of him?
0: Yeah. Deshaun Kaiser's on the Packers. Okay. And Tyrod Taylor well. was picked up to sort of be that stopgap guy. Now I will say outside of that number one pick, Cleveland's draft was just fine but if you're going to screw up, screw up in the fifth round or sixth round or seventh round, don't screw up at number one last year, very similar. And it's funny because we could go back and literally take the conversation that we had last year about quarterbacks and reaching and not being wowed by anybody after the end of the season. It's the same conversation again, because we had the same conversation last year about Trubisky, you know, me laughing at the television set when the bears traded up one spot to draft Trubisky, yep. like they had to have that guy so bad that, you know, the the Niners basically fleeced them. And it was the same situation over again. You saw teams just falling over each other, trading up. Uh, Rosen was a trade up. Allen was a trade up. Yeah. Just crazy. At oh, Baltimore, right, even at man. the end of the first round, traded up to take Lamar Jackson. Right,
1: because there wasn't enough quarterbacks gone in the first round. They had to make it five, so they had to get in there right. at 32.
0: And uh, I was so tired of Trey Wingo on ESPN dropping how historic this draft was because it's the <laughs> first time ever you've had so-and-so many quarterbacks taken so high, and it's, it's the third time ever you've had five quarterbacks. Once again – they're just sucking off the quarterbacks. And these guys, for all we know, might not be that good.
1: That's what I feel. Uh,
0: so the teams they, they that are prospering moving. are the teams that all get bumped up five spots in the draft to take better players.
1: Hey, uh, uh, Kansas City last year was uh, Pat Mahomes. That was a move up. Yeah. And Even no one Houston wants to risk past- moved up for Deshaun Watson.
0: And it was funny because I was lucky listening because we weren't, we weren't too kind to those three teams who moved up last year, but our consensus sort of opinion was that the team that did the best was Houston because they were the team that could absorb bringing in a player like that where other teams
1: needed more help.
0: And I think we saw the results. Yeah, and
1: I'm, I'm certainly not going to act like I thought that, what Deshaun Watson did in his first no. four games was was <laughs> was predictable. No. I definitely didn't see that happening. But, no, but what, yeah, what we uh, agreed
0: about was that he was going into the best position.
1: Right. He didn't have the uh, the, the pressure of coming in and being the you know absolute man, and right. they could sort of bring him in, and they had a defense that they could rely on, and they, he didn't have to come in and score thirty points a game by himself. So. But, yeah, it's still uh, very similar to last year, like you said, and people just falling over themselves and moving up uh, up the draft board. Everyone is so afraid of, of uh, to risk passing up a quarterback in the first round and being talked about by their, their hometown fans and made fun of. You pass on that guy? How could you do that? So, you know, they're just moving up the draft board despite not really being better football players than the guys that they're going past. And you could yeah. – see it in you know Saquon Barkley and some of these other football players that uh, that that busted their ass and put such great film out there and then they're getting passed over for some big stiff from Wyoming that thinks he's a, a future rap star or something you know just
0: well Bradley wow. Chubb I mean Denver commits highway robbery at 5
1: <laughs> that that guy Dropping up, down to five, and he should have gone a lot higher than that. But two or got three all these quarterbacks going above.
0: Him. I mean, there probably could have been a case that if the team had enough of a need, they could have drafted him number one. Absolutely. So I do want to take a moment here. It's not necessarily 100% pertinent to the draft, but it does tie into a conversation that we had during the regular season and i'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit here cuz i believe when we had the show when Geno Smith took the job and they benched Eli Manning and we had Starfish, star child somebody called in and you know defended Geno Smith and said he's star child he's the greatest you know and we're overlooking him <laughs> and you asked me Who's going to be the starter next year for the New York Giants? And without wavering, I said Eli Manning.
1: <laughs>
0: and you thought I was insane. And it's yeah. going to happen.
1: It's going to happen week one. I don't know what's going to happen week two, but it's right. going to happen week one.
0: <laughs> but we thought, I mean, the, the consensus when that move was made was that he was just done. He was leaving town, riding out on a rail. And it all, it all signs are pointing towards him still being there. Like they're still trying to build a team with him at the helm, and I'm just stunned. And how much of that was just the idiot coach?
1: Right, I was about to say what we did know was Ben McAdoo was getting his ass fired for doing that. <laughs> right, and what what the only question was after that was whoever comes in after him would he respect the veteran and do the dusty baker and say eli we're going to pick you up and dust you off and going to put you right back in the position that you were in before and and give you one more chance to to turn things around and that's that's what happened i didn't think that was that was what was going to happen but it all depends on the the organization and the the coaching staff that gets brought in in place of the guy that got fired if they want eli to be the guy eli's going to be the guy and they may regret it after four or five weeks, but that's what's going to happen at the beginning of the of the season. And Good luck to you, Giants, is all I can say. It's
0: the old the devil you know versus the devil you don't?
1: Right, because they could have been one of these teams to move up and draft one of these rookies and throw them in there, but they decided not to do that.
0: Now, the Giants did draft a quarterback, but they drafted him later. Was this law Yeah, it wasn't one
1: of these first-rounders.
0: Right. So somebody who's clearly not coming in with the pedigree, he's going to be a backup. And then they're going to let Eli Manning go out, give him a leash, and then if he completely shits the bed, you've got this other guy who you drafted that the fans, I'm sure, will slowly start to clamor for. But by not drink, well, excuse me, by not bringing in a first round pick, they set themselves up for a softer landing for Eli this year.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the direction you chose to take, and so you know, that's the road they want they want to go down. I I, I guess I, I can understand if you're a new guy coming in, a new coach, whoever that is, um, and you don't want to piss off the organization, piss off the city by coming in and saying, "All right, who's the veteran, two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback here? You you suck. Sit down." Uh, you don't want to go in, you know you don't want to go in and do something like that. So I, I understand that. Now, if they'd have hired uh, Boy Wonder Josh McDaniels, he might have had the balls to come in and do something like that. But uh, a different new coach, <laughs> he would have just cut him. But right, uh, another new coach, yeah, I can understand him uh, not wanting to do that.
0: But they see they would have hired Josh McDaniels, and then he would have not he taken would have the job. Quit on
1: him. Right, he, he quit the next day. Yeah. Well, I, if he ever gets another interview. Whoever that team is, oh, how? how do you do that now? That team should, would, would have to be revoked. Just take the team from that ownership and, and distribute it among the league or something. Because yeah. you don't deserve to own a team. And I'm sure there are four
0: or five organizations that we could pick out of a hat or or think out that would do that.
1: Stupid enough to do that?
0: Yeah, stupidest team in football type moves. The Lions.
1: Jerry Jones might do that if he gets sick of, uh, oh. of his backup quarterback coach uh, that he's had down there for so many years now. I, I, I feel like that's yeah the, the the evil genius former backup quarterback guy. I, I feel the guy like he refused like to run when he had. I feel like the that's best on the offensive rocks. line in football. Right. I feel like that that thing's on the rocks because. You, you, you cut Dez Bryant you decide to just throw him away and i'm i'm laughing at my cowboy fans at work cuz i'm like you guys just got rid of your your franchise wide receiver how do you not realize that he's not that good because of the fact that they don't have a quarterback how do you not see that it's, but anyway um well and how yeah, was Jason Garrett i yeah, I don't know I, how he's going to improve the offense when you're getting rid of guys like Des Bryant. That's that's counterproductive to me.
0: Well, obviously you run a lot. It's going to be a lot of Ezekiel Elliott.
1: But they already have to. They've already been running a lot because they don't have a quarterback. So that's not going to really change anything. It's just that before throwing, when you had a throwing all the hate on on Dak. You know I'm not that big a fan of that presser because when you get the, when you get those third and ten situations and you have Des Bryant Alleluia, you be able, when you I, that, and that's coming from the rookie season when he got them into the playoffs and they went what the twelve and four I think yeah. that and music has now crazy. been co opted by Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh my God! Yeah, he really is the the Messiah, isn't he? Uh, but but you go twelve and four with the kid. He steps in for Romo, and everyone thinks that he's the greatest things in sliced bread, and they immediately get bounced in the the first playoff game. And he hasn't looked, he hasn't done anything since. But you know my point that I was talking to my uh, cowboy friends, uh, who are quick to bring up uh, the, the Des has been losing a step for several years now. I completely – how can you defend just cutting Des Bryant? It's not like he's you know some 38-year-old, it's not, it's not Jerry Rice as a Seahawk. It's Dez fucking Bryant, and he's not that old. And they're trying to defend it. Hey, he's been losing a step. He's been losing a step. He's a, when you don't have a quarterback, you look like you're losing a step. That's how it works. That's how it's supposed to look. He wasn't losing a step when Tony Romo was his quarterback, if you remember, just two short years ago. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so I, it, am, am, I, am I wrong? Am I rambling? I, I, I feel like Dez Bryant is just fine as soon as he gets a quarterback uh, that can actually get him the football again.
0: Right. But that's maybe 10 or 12 places where he could land and really make an impact. There's not a I don't even think there's ton there's of top tier quarterbacks out there who are going to be able to take Des Bryant and, and just absorb him into their lineup.
1: Especially with all the antics. Top-tier. I don't think you need a top tier quarterback. I think you need a guy that can get him the football and and just get out of the way. I don't think that's why I'm such a big Des Bryant fan because I've seen him make so many plays over the years. Where you know, Tony Romo wasn't a perfect quarterback, uh, but Des Bryant just was able to make plays because Romo was able to just get the ball in the general vicinity. Dak can't even get the ball in his general vicinity. Uh, you don't need a great guy. I mean, you need a Case Keenum. You need a guy to just get him the ball in his area in his catch radius somewhere and let him make plays and does he make every single play no he can't he drops some balls but I, I from what i've seen of cowboys football uh and, and this is breaking off into breaking down the des bryant cut which is not part of the draft aftermath but anyway but from what i've been seeing uh, uh ever since that got in there it's really been a matter of the quarterback can't get him the ball where he needs to get it in order to make plays and i, I just think that uh, Des has a lot more left than what uh, some of his Cowboy fans seem to want to think. Because if he goes and if he haven't. goes somewhere else and, and has a, a 1,200 yard season and, and eight touchdowns, wh- what what would you say if you're a Cowboys fan? What can you possibly say to that at that point? You can just throw, well, he was motivated there. You know, you can throw something like that out there. But no, you, you get you got to watch the games. You got to watch the quarterback. You watch watch where he puts the ball. If he finds a quarterback it doesn't have to be. It could be Nick Foles. It could be Case King, It could be it could be just a guy, but it's a, at least a veteran guy that knows how to get the ball to his star players in the right position. Uh, if you just get the ball to him, that, that's all you got to do. And I don't think Dak uh, is able to get the ball to him. No. Oh,
0: okay, I, did, I didn't realize you were so down on Dak.
1: I am. I I don't think he's very good. Um,
0: anyway. So how perfect draft, was uh, the symmetry? of last year's draft in Philadelphia with Drew Pearson of the Cowboys going to Philadelphia and trolling all of the Philadelphia Eagles fans and then only the Eagles who won the Super Bowl would be able (laughs) to send a kicker to go back and do the same to the Cowboys fans. It was almost perfect.
1: That's how you do it. When you win you can go send they could have sent the, one of the ball boys, and then he could be wearing a ring and say, "Hey, you—you you yeah. remember what these look like, Dallas? You remember what these look like? You haven't seen one down here this century, I don't believe. So just take a look at it and and, and gaze upon it." Yeah, that, that's. So that's how beautiful.
0: much of that, that that's was how a direct result of last
1: year? i hundred percent. hundred percent. And fully deserved. <laughs> Hell yes, it was. Absolutely. I mean we
0: loved we loved the Drew Pearson stuff last year. I thought it was great. And then I saw the David Aker's stuff and I wasn't watching it with the mindset or even remembering what happened last year. I was like, "Wow, they're just sending a kicker out there to rip on these guys be- because they can because they're the Super Bowl champs." And then when I listened to our show from last year, jogged the memory and now it's like, oh, yeah. So it wasn't just that he did it, but they deserved it.
1: Oh, they deserved it completely. Drew Pearson was a, a flaming asshole last year, and yep. they, they got it right back to him and deserved to get it back to him because uh, in addition to Drew Pearson, of course, Cowboys fans are about the most insufferable fans in all the sports.
0: <laughs> and on a, more, on a more aesthetic note, was I the only person that looked at the the video boards and all the screens and the way that the stage was arranged? Was I the only guy expecting John Cena to watch, out?
1: It was a uh, very WrestleMania esque.
0: Yes, uh, I, was, man, I just I half expected that, the, the stadium to go dark and somebody's entrance music to start playing.
1: <laughs> That's the Undertaker's like, oh music! By God. Oh my God. My God, King! My <laughs> God! It's The Undertaker! With the 30th pick in the 2018 <sighs> NFL Draft, the New England Patriots down. select... My God! place has come alive! The Undertaker is here! <laughs> oh, my God! It's the dead man! <laughs> and Mike, May- May- Mike Mayock would be completely undeterred. He would just go straight-faced into... You know, this guy, he's 6'9", 300 pounds. He's got unbelievable get-off. His motor is unreal. I've never seen a guy his age be able to get upfield like he does. Now, he's got some injury risk, but there's that's okay. He knows his body better than anybody, and he's going to give you all he's got every Sunday out there. I'm telling you, Rich Eisen, this guy is a keeper.
0: And I can't tell if it's nostalgic or corny, but when ESPN cuts into the highlight packages for the guys that just got drafted, they're playing the old NFL primetime highlight package music.
1: Recycling. I mean, from like 25 years, years ago.
0: <laughs> right. I'm listening well, to it, it I'm the,
1: like,
0: Wait, wow, they still, I, they still have this music?
1: Well, the millennials watching doesn't know, they don't know that that was well, the old primetime music. So.
0: That's old farts.
1: That's right. It's yeah, I can cut onto that right there. away. Well, the NFL Network coverage was uh, pretty much the, the same as it's always been. They have their red carpet show before the draft even starts, uh, and it wound up being sort of a gala for the Cowboy organization. Uh, the whole Jerry World thing, uh, Rich Eisen must have called it the, the Jones Mahal, like the Taj Mahal. He must have called it the Jones Mahal about five times. uh right off the bat in the, in the in the a block of the red carpet show before they ever cut to a commercial uh they they got jerry jones's wife and daughter in the very first block of uh of coverage uh and one of the interviewers on the red carpet was michael irvin the former cowboy uh he got a draft flashback video uh so it was it was all the talking to the to the kids and their parents and their significant others and, and their tattooed ugly sisters and everybody else so they had that but they also mixed in a lot of cowboy stuff to sort of you know pay homage to the fact that they were down there in jerry world uh juju smith schuster i don't know if you saw this but he shows up to the draft wearing a i don't even know how to describe it but basically it was a tuxedo that had pizza hut logos on the both side and all over the the inside linen and you can't. It wasn't subtle in any way, shape, or form. You can't say that he was trying to get a dig at anybody. Like, uh, was it a shot at Papa John's? I, I doubt it. But it wasn't subtle. It was obviously he was getting paid to do that, and that was kind of surprising because I don't, I didn't know athletes in the NFL of that stature really had to, go, you know, had to do something like that to walk around with a, a logo. Plastered all over your body, all over your suit like that. Uh, I can see something like that for an MMA fighter, but for for an NFL player, that was a little surprising to see.
0: Oh, hang on! I'm ordering some Pizza Hut now. <laughs> it must have worked.
1: It, it was it was subliminal. I guess it convinced everybody to order Pizza Hut. Uh, so, Josh Allen. Won the uh, yeah. the, Lar- the Laramie Tunsell award that we uh, that I I should save and, and give away Gary on and our award last show next year, next
0: year,
1: right? had Gary That's and right. Conley
0: last year, we had Laramie Tunsell and then we have J- Josh Allen
1: for, for pre-draft stupidity. Uh, he really should have already deleted all of his old tweets. I don't know why anybody wouldn't do that uh, in his position, but he didn't. And right Right. before the draft, a day or two before the draft, somebody gets in there to his old tweets and finds a bunch of old rap lyrics with uh, very insensitive words in them that he's been tweeting out. And and, I guess he thinks he's the the next hip-hop star or something like that. It's just, why? That's all I can say. Why do you do that? But, of course, we're going to see a lot more of this now that Twitter is a Such a thing that wasn't a thing 10 years ago. And every year now probably is going to be somebody else get drafted who had something that he tweeted when he was 14 years old. It's like, I can't believe he said that. Can you imagine if I had Twitter when I was 14 and 14, the things that I would say. You would be unemployed. I would never get a job. I'd probably be in jail. Um, Oh, my gosh.
0: So I knew nothing about this. I had heard nothing in the run-up. I wasn't watching any of the pre-draft stuff. I turned on the draft. My understanding, weeks going into this draft, was that the Browns were going to draft Josh Allen, number one. A lot of people. Mel Kuyper. Oh, he's the guy. I turn it on, and they're talking about this unfortunate incident with Josh Allen and they're not going into any detail they're giving nothing on the ESPN broadcast about what actually happened even when he got drafted they didn't go into any real depth all they talked about were tweets like insensitive or racist tweets and so I had to actually go investigate this on my own I was like what the hell are they talking about so I went And then it was even hard to find them. I had to like go to an article, go to another one, go to another one. So I finally find the original uh, Yahoo. I hate to give Yahoo a plug, but it was Yahoo Sports. They're the ones who quote unquote broke the story, which just tells me that there was somebody out there whose sole job it was to find dirt on draft picks to
1: create some
0: drama and they well, either
1: found that these or from this an an, an ex-girlfriend or, who's pissed that she's not yeah. going to get any of his money decided to rat him out to yahoo right something.
0: so they find these tweets and I and I read them and they're from what, was 6 years ago or something or other okay, the kids yeah. in high school and, and like you said it looks like he's tweeting rap lyrics and there's the n-word in there and I I didn't read it as racist tweets, right. I, you know, I, I didn't see. I, I didn't see a. I didn't see an intent to call somebody a name. I, I saw something that looked like, first of all, an unfortunate, probably country or suburban white kid trying to sound cool. First of all, especially when he's like, "Oh, it's rap lyrics." Yeah, yeah that, that, he fits fits the prototype of what you expect for something like that. And then I'm also then I'm thinking like even like more bizarre, like, "Holy cow, this kid knows he's about to get drafted by the Cleveland Browns." Probably leaked his own tweets.
1: <laughs> uh, by Job, I think you've got it.
0: <laughs> but I did not see. I didn't see maliciousness in the actual tweets themselves, understanding that it was a 14-year-old kid who fully admitted that, yes, I did it, but then also fully admitted that, well, we went back and tried to scrub everything and we must have missed those. You must have spelled the word wrong because when you're ending it AS instead of ERS, you must not have filtered (laughs) for that. Right? Right.
1: I, I guess.
0: Because <laughs> that, that was the the explanation he gave to Stephen A. Smith was, yeah, we went back and we tried to clean up all the stuff the, that I may have said that was stupid, and I must have missed that. But yeah, I said it, and I'm sorry, and and yada, yada, yada. But I didn't, I don't know your perspective, but I didn't, when I read the actual tweets themselves at face value, I didn't go racist. That wasn't my first initial reaction. I'm stupid, trying to sound cool, it's something dumb, but not like this guy is just a raging racist. And and, and it, again, beyond those tweets, no history of this from coaches, from teammates. Now again, it's Wyoming's. Right. So I don't know how many opportunities <laughs> you have, but right. I didn't see hate. I don't know what your take was on that. Maybe I'm just white splaining this.
1: Uh, at least you would be the first to admit it if you were. Uh, my take is similar. Uh, it's, it's less researched than you. I didn't go go find the tweets. I, I read a couple ah, of things about okay. the tweets, so I didn't actually see them. But they, that's what them. I understood. They that's okay. That's what I understood them to be. Was a lot of like quoting rappers that have the N word in them. Um, yeah. So from that perspective, uh, should a white person ever be quoting another ethnic group's slurs, even if they're part of song lyrics? Absolutely not. No, you have no right to, to say those words, no matter uh, who said them first. It doesn't matter. But no, I'm not thinking that these uh, that this guy was just a, a raging racist guy. Oh, wait. And, so
0: wait, wait, uh, oh, wait.
1: So it's just a white person who can't do it? Well, no. So if- no, there are white group. sayings
0: sure. that you know if I call another white guy something and you you call that guy something you can't do that. You can't say that. Sorry, I'm just, just saying. <laughs> sounded like a no, little That sounded more racially charged than some of the other things I've heard. Oh, white people can't say that.
1: <laughs> what are white people no, doing white people saying can't those say words? That. They can't say it. We can say it. You can't say it. Correct. (laughs) And the same way that black people can't call white people slurs or certain words. It works both ways. But just because you uh, quote those lyrics or something like that doesn't make you a racist. I'll agree with you there.
0: When you're 14. Right. When you don't know anything you're 20, you don't know anything.
1: Again, so many of us, if we had Twitter when we were 14, and <laughs> oh, my God, the things that we would, oh, can you even imagine?
0: Oh, yeah. That's why I don't use it. Not because I'd be <laughs> spouting racist, but probably a little bit of my too-soon humor would be coming out.
1: But you're not 14. You know better now. You just don't want to do right. Yeah, I just, just do all the just, you want to be the bad guy. That's yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: No, so I did I did do the research. I did look out on my own. I did cuz again, they're so vague about what he said. And then you read all the articles describing what he said, and they're like, "Oh my god, this guy is the devil." <laughs> He's terrible they made it sound like he had just tweeted this shit last night like two nights before the draft or he gets handed the man of the year award and then he's out trying to get a blowjob from an undercover cop
1: that, that, you're like that Eugene level Robinson you're don't you're, you're getting him confused with Eugene Robinson again don't do that
0: but i'm saying they're just um, that was the level that it was it was going to and again if this was a Mediocre prospect, fourth-round pick. Does any of this come out? Or does somebody dig this up? Who found that? Somebody found that and went, oh, yeah. Got you now. (laughs) Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy who was roundly considered to be, by a lot of people, the best quarterback in the draft, not all but some, falls to seven, goes to the Bills, so we'll see. But again, it's like we can't have a draft anymore without this sensational story the night before the draft now.
1: It's Three years anymore. in a row. I don't know if he would necessarily would have gone at one. All those guys were getting sort of passed around over the last few months as potential number right. one. I heard Darnold. I heard Allen. I heard uh, the UCLA kid Rosen. And Frozen. it winds up being Mayfield, so there you go. And if
0: you got three of them Please.
1: or four of them, that means you got one. Exactly. There was there was no next. I already said there was no next Peyton Manning. There was no next Andrew Luck. But because you don't want to be the guy passing on one of these quarterbacks, one of these possible mediocre quarterbacks, you got to scramble up the draft board and, and go get the guy because you, you're afraid of losing out on him. Not because you think he's that great and you have to get him just because you're afraid of missing out on them. And these franchises that do that, by the way, that's why they are in the spot that they are, and that's why the Patriots are in the spot that they are, because they don't have to scramble right. to do anything. <laughs> they got their guy, and they don't have to fuck around and try to find the next guy. They, And when and when they accidentally find the, their next guy, like Garoppolo, they just trade him and, and get draft picks for him and, and just turn him into something else.
0: It's so interesting that last year – the machinations of that trade between San Francisco and the bears where the bears move up ahead of San Francisco to take Trubisky and then the 49ers take the guy who they originally wanted, I believe was it, was it Solomon Thomas? Does that sound right?
1: They're going to take him anyway. Yeah.
0: They are going to take him anyway. And then they end up trading for Garoppolo and now they look like they're set.
1: And, and that's how it works, and that's why they don't have to be the Cleveland Browns scrambling up the draft board to take, uh,
0: or the Chicago Baker Bears,
1: Mayfield. scrambling up to take uh, Mitch Trubisky. Although I think Trubisky looks like he might have something there, but I'm a Bears fan, so I admit I might be biased.
0: We didn't think that last year.
1: No, we didn't. We also didn't think that the, the kid in the, on the Rams was any good. But we didn't
0: know. Jared Goff was my worst rookie of the year in his rookie of the year. He (laughs) got the award for worst rookie of the year. And then apparently all he needed was a competent coach or no Jeff Fisher or both.
1: And talent. When you get coaching and talent, you can look like a million bucks.
0: Right. It's amazing how that works. You get guys around you and then the Rams who end up, no draft picks almost in the top 100. I think their first pick was at 89. Uh, we're still getting praise for using their draft picks to acquire talent, to put around Jared Goff to make that team better.
1: And yeah, that's how that's how you're supposed to do it. When you get your guys and you don't have to scramble around like these other teams. Like I feel yeah, like so the Browns the and, the, teams, and, the, and the Bills – I feel like those guys are going to be drafting quarterbacks again in three years because they just keep going around and around scrambling up the draft board to get guys who aren't very good.
0: Yeah. The one move that I didn't hate was the Cardinals taking Rosen. They moved up five spots. So they didn't have to sell the franchise to move up those five spots to get the guy. Who maybe was the guy they identified that they wanted, or they were shocked he was still there, and they clearly need a quarterback. But what the Cardinals aren't is a dumpster fire of a franchise. <laughs> no, they—they they don't. Although need you could say moves. that Josh Allen getting drafted by the Bills, they're playoff team.
1: Well, they were a playoff team without him. They weren't yeah, trying to be, but they were. They little- were.
0: They were the most embarrassing playoff team we've ever seen. The first team that's trying to tank ever make the playoffs.
1: Team that it, trades their best defender like on purpose because they want to and, lose and still find a way to make the playoffs and get rid of defender.
0: everybody. They were and they benched Tyrod Taylor for the guys. Oh my five god! In one, yeah. I mean, they could not have drawn oh. that up any better.
1: To tank I had completely forgotten about that oh he was terrible and still made the playoffs
0: I forgot his Navy was so bad I did too <laughs> but it was historical it, it when I mean, he got he, he, was, he got worst play of the year from me in our awards
1: times five <laughs> Over and over and over again. Uh, now, now I have to look him up because I'm not going to be able to move on until I, until I get his name. Peterman. Nathan Nathan Peterman. Peterman.
0: Peterman. I went back here on my phone and looked at my uh, honors and dishonors list. <laughs>
1: Nathan and, and Peterman. The, like I said, you, you just get the feeling those teams like that, they're going to be right back in the same position.
0: So. Right. Uh, now the Bills so- – got rid of Tyrod Taylor. I don't know who they brought in, if they brought in anybody to shore up that position in the, in the short term here. So I don't know if we're going to be watching Josh Allen thrown to the wolves or what.
1: Did Jake McCrown go back to New York or did he go to Buffalo?
0: Does it? These guys they are all the same.
1: It doesn't matter. I I, I think they did fill in with some, Veteran guy who's going to hold Josh Allen off for about five weeks.
0: Yeah, some cardboard cutout man. of an NFL quarterback,
1: pretty much. So the NFL Network coverage, uh, as we were talking about in previous shows, that they were going to simulcast the the draft on Fox. So they tried to invite Fox in and sort of make it seem like a, a little bit of a joint deal. They had a, a table outside the uh the the stage where they were having the draft. They they had a, a three man outside table with uh Steve Mariucci and Troy Aikman. Uh and uh so you get Aikman in there to make it seem like it's sort of a Fox thing and he was fine and Mariucci was Mariucci. The the third person on that table, however, was Steve Smith, the former uh Ravens and, and Panthers wide receiver.
0: Steve That's Smith may not could have been be invited back.
1: Uh he was he was special. That's uh, that's the word I'll use. He was special. Uh, right off the bat, the first thing the, that he mentioned that made me go, "Oh boy, he he might have to say good night here." He suggested Cleveland should just take a quarterback at one and four, and just have them fight it out. And I'm like, "Okay, good night. Just say good night, Steve. Just pull to up a Steve To Steve Smith's credit, now.
0: this was a major <laughs> talking point. In the week leading up to the draft, all the talking really? head shows were floating this idea that Cleveland might draft two quarterbacks at one and four. Most and people what, admit that I'm, 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 it I'm is completely idiotic, but this tells me that Steve Smith watches the Dan Patrick show or PTI or Around the Horn or Colin Cowherd. It became one of those... Cubs down from the network talking points that they hand to all their hosts and here, you all have to talk about this today. So that was talking well, about and I never obviously heard bought into it.
1: I it. I I wasn't I've been working and doing baseball games. I, yeah. I haven't watched any of the talking heads shows, so I'd never heard that and nobody else on the panel brought it up <laughs> before or after Steve Smith. And when you tell I, me that I, the talking heads were were talk were yes. bantering it around. That makes me think even more that Steve Smith needs to be put to bed. Because if you're parroting talking points from the the Talking Head show, that means you have no idea what you're talking about. So that just for all we know, Steve more.
0: Smith was given that talking point.
1: What? But Troy Aikman may have been given it too, and he probably rightfully spit on it and balled it up and threw it aside. Yeah, because it's stupid. But Steve Smith didn't didn't have anything really to add outside of insane things like that. Steve Smith is only a couple of degrees removed from having Ray Lewis up there rambling and pontificating about Jesus and everything like that. There's not too many differences between those guys, so uh, I understand Steve Smith, a former player, just recently retired, dynamic player. But you got to do better than that, NFL Network. If you you're gonna have former players up there, they they don't all sound like that. You can find former players that actually make sense. Put one of them up there. some art,
0: articulate and make sense
1: there's got to be some. I know there's not a lot of them. there's got to be some.
0: did you uh and did you catch vince Young showing off those <laughs> wonderful <I> skills? Saw,
1: <laughs> I, I saw Vince Young standing up there and, and uh, announcing the Titans pick and and it didn't really uh didn't really make sense what he was saying. We couldn't read.
0: (laughs) Well, here's what was missing from that whole interaction with Vince Young up there to do the pick. The cheerleader. Right? The cheerleader who actually read the card for him. Probably the same one who took all his tests.
1: She was unavailable. He had to do it on his own.
0: And how do you get Vince Young as the team representative of the Titans? I was shocked all the Titans fans there weren't booing.
1: Yeah, his career as a Titan wasn't exactly bathed in glory. No. So they're pulling out – Bathed in patrol, but it wasn't bathed in glory.
0: No, they're pulling out these Hall of Famers and top-tier starters, and they're bringing out these guys to come up there and read the cards – and then some of these teams you could just see who had no history of winning. They're bringing out Vince Young. Oh. Yeah. Somebody and, gave uh, him the memo like that single- Steve McNair was unavailable.
1: Oh. Uh, I, I was waiting for a reference to Steve Young in there, but. Uh, Steve McNair. And, and uh, just what Vince Young, Steve McNair. I, same I got young. Steve Young, same I, guy. I crossed myself up there. Same guy. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike Singletary hosting, uh, doing the pick for the Chicago Bears. Was yeah, interesting considering considering his history, but uh, at least he but his history a with the Bears is the solid.
0: Car. He's an all time right. legend.
1: So, his uh, his recent history. I guess I was referring to.
0: Yes, it came up with the group of people at my work when we were watching Mike make the pick, you know, and somebody invariably brings up his... Can't do it! And, uh, we're at the end of the live show here, so we'll uh, catch you on the other side.
1: That's right, we got another hour of uh, after show to break down the NFL Draft 2018, and you on the other side after this little break. Now into what we call our VIP after show. We continue our draft breakdown. I got uh, a lot of notes on the on the somebody's first round picks. Uh, they they made some impressions on me. Uh because some of them were like, wow, that was, uh, that's just a wow That's I don't quite understand. And some of them were like, okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, and, and we don't watch a lot of college football, so there, there's some people that could break this down uh, and, and say, well, this was a really bad pick because this guy isn't uh, very good. Uh, his tape shows, his college tape shows that he's a little light and he needs more weight or, or he's not as flexible. Yeah, but that's what, when you get those guys, that's when you start getting into the territory of dra- uh, uh, grading the draft and, and grading what these picks were. And we always laugh at the concept of grading the draft. You don't know if any of these guys can play. I just blanket uh, uh, covered up these quarterbacks that got drafted at the top of the draft and said that I don't think any of them are going to be any good. But I don't actually know. They might be very good. They might be all pros. I have no idea. They might be a Hall of Famer for all I know. I just don't think they are going to be any good. But uh, you can't really grade and judge what any of these guys.
0: Hello. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing you, like triple every time you say something. Now, it's really Uh-oh. disturbing. That, that that would be disturbing. So I, I muted you there quickly to see if maybe that would have helped. Because if I hang up on you, you're yeah, done. Yeah, then, then I'm done. Yeah, and it's still doing it. Huh. Yeah, everything you say is double or sometimes triple.
1: <sighs> Hello, blog talk radio. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I don't... I don't even know how to solve that now because it's not like I can call in as a host and get off the phone because now we're in the after show.
0: No, if you hear yourself on the – this is all coming through on me, so I know this is getting recorded because I'm hearing you double. And as you're talking, your words are just all blending, so I'm catching the first and the last word of everything you say with everything sort of just double duplicated in the middle.
1: Well, that's going to stink.
0: Yeah. It, it's it's bad. And it just started right at the end of the show, as it was switching into the after show.
1: Uh, that's, that sucks. I mean, I didn't do anything.
0: No. I don't know if it was the music kicking in or the show switching over, but it's bad.
1: And I can, you sound exactly the same, so I don't know what's going on.
0: Yeah, I hear myself just fine in the headphones. I don't know if I don't think this is anything that you or I did. I don't think this is any button we pressed. I think this was just one of those, the show switched over from regular show to after show, and it's made you unlistenable,
1: even more so than normal. Oh, that's that's too bad. Yes. Well, I, the only thing I can think of is uh, you want to maybe come back uh, tomorrow night and do another quick show and talk about the rest of our uh, rest of the draft. Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm off for the next two days, so if you want to throw in a 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. show tomorrow, do a draft aftermath part two.
1: I'm all up for it. An aftermath to the aftermath, and we and maybe we'll connect correctly tomorrow. I don't know. Yes. So there's your title for the show tomorrow.
0: 2018 <laughs> NFL Draft aftermath. Aftermath.
1: <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, All right. <laughs> he's Jay. I'm Dre. We gotta disconnect now because it's sounding too bad. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. It's it's not it's
1: not good. All right, we will talk to y'all tomorrow night.
0: Yeah, and our audio audio stuff's not playing. Oh, 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 man! All right, we'll try this again tomorrow night. Everybody, have a good night.